Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. And I'm glad that you're here. I want to take a second and look right at the camera and greet all of our locations that are joining us right now. We are one church in seven locations throughout Tampa Bay. Those that are joining us online, I'm Aaron Burke. Welcome to church today. It's a big week, and I'm glad you're at church for Palm Sunday at Radiant Church. Hey, we're going to have a great time, but I do want to honor a special group in our location. Pastors have already done it, but I want to do it one more time, and it's those who are joining us for the very first time. We are so glad that you're at church today, and I've met so many new families already that are here at South Tampa or those that are at other locations. Thanks for being at church today. If you're church shopping, the church shopping's over. Welcome home. Radiant, give it up for our guests one more time. It's a big deal. I've got a message today for Palm Sunday that I believe is going to challenge you. It's going to help you to move forward. Are we ready for God's word today, church? Ready to receive? Here, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do something where we're stand for the reading of God's word, and we're going to look at the Palm Sunday story starting in the book of Luke chapter 19. So if you have your Bible, you can open up there to Luke chapter 19. And I'm going to show you something I have never seen before, never preached on before. I believe it's a word that God's given us for our church, for your life right now. Luke chapter 19, it says it like this. As they approached Bethpage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which nobody has ever ridden, untie it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say, the Lord needs it. How many know that's a boss move right there? Anybody ask any questions? Just say, Jesus sent you right there. Verse 35, they brought it to Jesus and they threw their cloaks on the colt and put Jesus on it. And as they went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near a place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Verse 38, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Let me say that again. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Can we just take a second and give some praise to our God who is still the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Now, I've read this story dozens of times, preached on it many, many times, never saw this before, and the word kept popping out to me, so I knew it was a word that God had for our church. Look what it said in verse 35. They brought the donkey to Jesus, and they threw their cloaks. Say cloaks. They threw their cloaks on the colt and put Jesus on it, and as he went along, they spread their cloaks on the road. I, I never saw this before. That the story is really the entrance of Jesus onto the scene to the biggest week in Christianity's history. And it all started with some people taking their cloaks off, laying them down for Jesus to enter onto. And I just am a firm believer today that God's brought you to church because there's some situations that Jesus wants to enter into today. There's some, some heartache and some struggles that Jesus wants to enter into today. And the challenge in God's word is that there's some cloaks that you need to take off today to make room for God. I taught today's message simply this phrase, take it off, take it off, take it off. Now do not turn to your neighbor and tell them. Would not be appropriate. Let's pray. Jesus, speak to us. Change us. Thank you for what you did 2,000 years ago, entering into Jerusalem for our salvation. 
Now I pray that as we open our hearts and your word, enter into whatever situation you need to enter into to bring change and deliverance and freedom. And we give you room. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that believes it says, amen, amen. You can be seated. You can be seated. If you're taking notes, the title of today's message is simply, Take It Off. You can write that down. You know, thinking of fashion and this idea of cloaks and clothing that might need to be taken off, I was kind of had a moment where I went back thinking of all the fashion trends. Now, I don't want to embarrass some of you guys if you're still wearing some of these clothing, but I, I look back, I grew up in the 80s and 90s, and so I thought of some fashion trends, and I'm just so glad that eventually we took them off and we're no longer with them. Uh, one of them, y'all remember Jinko jeans? Y'all don't remember no Jinko jeans. Come on, you wore Jinko jeans, you, you were like the thing back then. And how embarrassing today, right? Like, I, I, thought of, I thought of fanny packs. Come on, y'all remember fanny packs? They, they tried to make a, a, a reappearance on the scene, and some people, some, some of you got her on there right now. You're like, I need a pen for today's message. No problem. Take out my pen. Oh, you want a mint? No problem. Got that too. They, they, they got that. Uh, you know, this is a big one that I just didn't really understand it, but it, it's the ripped jeans fad, the ripped jeans fad. I remember this one. It's, it's, like, it's, like, it's like the requirement for being on the worship team at Radiant Church. I, I don't know. It's like whatever nice jeans you have, rip them up, and you can be on our worship team. Here's another one that's just a fad. I'm kind of glad it's over, but I know it's still real strong on our branded location. It's the overalls. Come on, somebody, the overalls. <laughs> I know it's making, it's making his debut back, but come on, let's leave that. Let's take it off. Let's know that need those. And this last one, I know, I know it's real controversial because there's a lot of people still wearing them today. No shame here at Radiant Church, but I just want to bring it up that a fashion trend that I just think needs to be taken off and people need to get over it. It's the Crocs, ladies and gentlemen. It's a, I know, I know, I know, but I'm just telling you, it's Bible. All right, so no, it's <laughs> In our story today, we have a group of people who it references it in three of the four Gospels where they end up taking off this, this piece of clothing and laying it down for Jesus to enter into. They almost realize that, man, there's something special is about to happen in their life. Something special is about to take place, and they had to prepare themselves for it. So I don't want you to take yourself out of the story, because I want to remind you, as Ephesians says, that we are God's masterpiece that there's something big. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so that he could do good things he prepared for us long ago. You are not exempt from the great things that God wants to do in humanity. He has a plan for your life. Can I hear amen today, church? But what I've noticed about our God, and I put it right there in your notes, that before a season of promotion, there's almost always a season of preparation. And so there's a season where you feel like God is removing things from you, but I believe he's removing things from you to make room for the new things he wants to do in your life. I wrote it down this way. When God removes one thing, it's because he's positioning you to receive a new thing in your life. Does anybody believe that today? So don't be frustrated when something is taken out of your life. Maybe God took away that boy so that eventually he can give you a real man to marry one day. Maybe, just maybe, he took away that job because he actually has a fulfilling career ahead of you one day. 
Maybe, just maybe, he removed that stuff because he actually wants to remove greed and, and that's this materialism in your life so that you can walk in contentment one day. Maybe, just maybe, he's removed those toxic friends so that you now have room for some godly community in your life. We can embrace the fact that it's okay when God removes some things in our life. And that's our story today. As the people are preparing for the Messiah, the king, to come onto the scenes, the Bible says it like this. They brought the donkey to Jesus, and the disciples started the way. They started by removing their cloaks, and they laid it on the donkey. Then the people came, and they removed their cloaks and laid it on the dirty, gross, rocky streets so that the donkey could walk on it. This is actually so bizarre because as I heard this, I go, I know I've seen this idea of cloaks and garments all throughout the scriptures. It's like, it's like if you buy a, a black Jeep. You're like, I'm going to buy a black Jeep. Nobody has a black Jeep. And then you buy a black Jeep, and what happens? You see black Jeeps everywhere. That's been my life the last two weeks as I've been studying this passage. Everywhere I look throughout the scriptures, all I see is this idea of a cloak or an outer garment all throughout it. The word is this word hamation. And here's what it means. It means a type of an outer clothing, a robe or a garment. It was something they wore. It wasn't, wasn't your, your actual clothing. It was some outer clothing that you put on. And we can see it at the very beginning. Let me just run through. I found about 40 references in the scriptures that talk just about the outer garment or the outer robe. I'm, I'm only going to give you a couple of them. Y'all remember our boy Joseph at the very beginning. Joseph, he, he was the favorite of all the sons. And so the, the father, what did he do? He gave him a coat of many colors. What was this? Same word, same idea. It's this cloak that he would wear. It would show, man, I'm something significant. I'm something great. Remember when David was trying to kill Saul, and he had this opportunity to kill him, but God says, you better not touch, the, um, touch my leader. You better not touch Saul. So he didn't kill him. So what did he do? He snuck into that cave, and what did he do? He cut Saul's robe. What was it showing? It's showing, man, listen, there was this, this beautiful robe that a king would wear, and David got close enough to cut it. We see another passage. Remember Elijah, the great prophet? He hands down his anointing, his mantle, and people think it's like some just like spiritual moment. You will carry what I carry. No, the prophets of those days actually carried a garment around them, a mantle. And when he was being taken up into heaven, he passed it down to Elisha, who ended up doing more miracles than Elijah ever did. What was it? It was the garment. It was the same thing, this cloak that he wore. Jehu, when he became the, uh, the, the, the king over Israel, the people, it's so bizarre. You have to see the symbolism all throughout the Bible. The people, when Jehu becomes king, he's announced, and all the people respond. This is in 2 Kings. They respond by taking off their cloaks, throwing it down in front of Jehu so he can walk into the palace. Do you see the symbolism? Where now Jesus is on the donkey in humility, and the people are saying, we need this king. And here's the entrance of the king. The entrance is, take off your cloak. Lay it down and watch the king enter your situation. It's all throughout the Bible. So it got me thinking about cloaks and coats and outer garments. And so I got my coat rack here. And I thought about, man, this is, what are those coats that we wear? Because there's so many. They come in all shapes and sizes. So, so like, like if you're, you're a doctor and you got your little cloak, you got your, your coat here, or, or you're a butcher. One of the two. 
both of them decided to just do the same coat there. So he's just like, this is who I am. Coats have so much to do with your identity. They have so much to do with what you've done or, or who you are. And maybe, you're, maybe you have that kind of coat on or, or maybe you're into construction and, and you're just, you're like this guy. You're like, man, or girl. And, and you're like, wow, I just like to build stuff. And, and so you wear this. Or you like to hunt and you're just like, please don't shoot me. I get it. I get it. And so, so you wear this. This is your this is your outer garment. You got it on, and you you're wearing this thing, and it, it's it's for a purpose. They're they're always for some reason. They always represent something. And it, so, if it's raining, you got your you got your raincoat. Oh man, I just it's Florida, and it looks perfect out. But let me tell you, it's not going to stay perfect out because it does this every single day, and it rains. And so, I just got to have my raincoat, and I gotta I gotta look. And I can I can look like normal. I can look a little hood. Like that's cool. This is it. You know, I just, I, I know what I'm doing. Your pastor's still cool. All right. So, <laughs> coats, they come in all shapes and sizes. And here's what the Lord really started speaking to me about is, what is that thing that you're wearing that God's telling you to lay down? What is that thing that God wants you to lay down so that you can make room for what God wants to do in your life? What is that attitude? What is that behavior? What is that, that lifestyle That God really wants to move in your situation, but you're holding on to it. And he's saying, listen, if you'll lay it down, the king will walk into whatever you're going through right now. So I'm going to give you three of them today that I think will be something that will help you. Because when we look in the scriptures and we study this in church history and biblical history, we see three primary reasons for the cloak, for the outer garment that I think are really important for us to research today and say maybe it's something God's calling us to lay down to. Let's do the first one. It's simply this. is I'm going to challenge you to take off your cloak of comfort. Take off your cloak of comfort. If obviously throughout the scriptures, what, what, what is a jacket? What is a cloak for? It's, it's warm. Out. I mean, it's cold out. And, and what do we need? We need, we need our little coat. We, need, we get to the hotel and we're like, oh man, it's a nice hotel. They got the bathrobe. This is our cloak here today. Oh, it's cozy. It's, we just we need we love coziness, don't we? We you, you got a fireplace going. It's eighty four degrees outside. I like it's cozy, Aaron. I like I like I like I like a comfortable house. I like I like a comfortable chair, Aaron. I like comfort food. Come on, give me some meatloaf and a casserole. To God be the glory. Come on, we're we're my people that love some comfort food out there. Yeah. We like comfort food. We, we like comfortable cars. Don't, don't just put me in a vehicle to get place one place to another. No, I want a vehicle with heated seats. <laughs> I need heated seats. And I don't know how I survived without it, but I need, I, need, I need a vehicle with heated steering wheel. My hands were so cold before. Now I have heated steering wheel. I just don't. I, I heard someone the other day said the new thing is a heated towel box in your, in your, in your uh, bathroom. So you open up, and, and it's a towel closet where you open it up, and all the towels are warm and hot. Go, we are so spoiled, right? We, we love it. We love it. We love it cozy. We love it warm. We, like, we, like, we gravitate where we are most comfortable at all times. And here's the problem. is that that is how we live in America, but that is not how we are to live in Christianity. And Christianity has never been designed and built on the fact that we are called to be as comfortable as can be. And I've just come today with a Palm Sunday message. It's not, it's not as exciting and, and thrilling and, and ear-tickling as you would like to hear. But I just believe, believe that God's calling us to get out of our comfort zone and be who he's called us to be as a church. Look what he said. I'm not going to wear this the whole message, by the way. 
Luke chapter 9, he told them, this is the disciples he's sending out. What does he say to them? He says, take nothing for your journey. You want to do something great with your life? Take nothing along the way. Take no staff, no bag. He goes, no bread, no money. And look what he even says. No, no not even an extra shirt. Don't even put something over you. Why? I know it's going to bring you some comfort, but actually the thing you're going for is not comfort. You're going for significance. And let me tell you, when you want to see your life turned around, you got to get outside of what's comfortable. I wrote it this way, change starts where your comfort zone ends. So you want to see your life turn around? You want to see your relationships grow? Get a little uncomfortable. Like, get outside of your comfort zone. And, and, and this is why we challenge you to give, and we challenge you to serve, and we challenge you to sell things and follow Jesus. Why? You go, it seems radical. It's not. It's actually just Christianity. Because we live in this phrase that we want to live more simply so that simply other people can simply live. We, gotta, we just got to lay some stuff down. We got to live this way. So what is it for you? What is God calling you to lay down in the idea of comfort? And maybe it's sharing your faith. When is the last time you got out of your comfort zone and you shared your faith with someone who is far from God? You go, Aaron, I don't feel qualified for that. If God puts you in this situation and you have the spirit of God inside of you, you're qualified. God's not looking for perfect vessels. He's looking for available people that he can use. But we got to get uncomfortable. We're like, when's the last time that you, you, you invited someone to church? You go, well, I don't know what they're going to think about me. Who cares what they think about us? We have eternity on the line. We're called to get a little uncomfortable at times. When's the last time you gave something sacrificially where it hurts you and it costs you? And you go, man, it just seems like a lot. Good. But our world is designed with go where it's most comfortable. So I left that small group because they started talking about real issues. And I want to just go to the one group that won't talk about real issues. Like, I, 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 I like radiant, but, but it's just, I'm not comfortable here. It's sometimes it, the, the messages I don't agree with, good. Don't gravitate to where you're going to agree all the time. Get stretched. Get challenged. Get pushed a little bit. We're not called to be comfortable. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to take off your cloak of comfort, and you're going to replace it with the cloak of sacrifice. And I know it's not what you wanted to hear on Palm Sunday, but I really want King Jesus to walk into your situation. And I'm telling you, he walks on sacrifice. He walks into scenarios on sacrifice where we say our lives are here to be laid down for something bigger than we are. So we take off our comfort and we put on sacrifice. And I'm telling you, this is what will build Jesus' church. Let me tell you, Radiant Church, it's not a win because we have some cool lights and fog and, you know, some, some you know, really cool music. That's not what builds Jesus' church. For 2,000 years, there's one thing that's built Jesus' church, the sacrifice of the saints, saying, I'm going to lay down my life for whatever Jesus wants. So this isn't about us being cool church, celebrity church. We're going to be sacrifice church. God, we lay our lives down. Whatever you want to do, we are available for you. I was thinking about how the, the earliest Christians, the, the, the original 12, you know how they died. And I was thinking about, man, they, they set the standard for what it means. People, people don't know how they died. Like, we, we, it's not common for us to talk about this. This isn't like a normal Sunday message at Radiant. We're like, let's talk about death yet again. 
But I think it's good for us to remind, them, remind ourselves. Because it's good for us to remember what our faith was built off of. Andrew, one of the original disciples, crucified after preaching in Asia Minor. Thomas, I've been to this spot in India, in Chennai, India, where Thomas speared to death for the faith. Philip, look at this, impaled by iron hooks in his ankles and hung upside down to die in North Africa for converting the wife of a Roman leader. Look at this, Matthew, stabbed to death in Ethiopia. Bartholomew, beheaded in Armenia. Peter, who did not find it worthy to be crucified the way our Lord and Savior was, decided instead of being crucified, crucify me upside down under the leadership of Nero. Nero, who, by the way, the same guy who beheaded Paul, the apostle also. These people gave everything. James, the son of Alphaeus, stoned and clubbed to death in Syria. Simon, the zealot, sawed in half in Persia for refusing to sacrifice to a pagan god. Matthias, who was he? He was the one that replaced Judas. Remember him? He replaced Judas going, man, I'm going to be one of the celebrities. Woo! Burned alive in Syria for the faith. This is how our faith was built. How about this one? Um, John. The only one to live to like his late 80s or 90s, they believe. They have some ideas of going, he either died of old age, but actually Latin tradition says that he was put in burning oil in Rome in, Rome, in the city center to be shown as an example of what happens when you follow Jesus. And we think we're going to change the world because we have some cool music or we have some great lights or we have a cool welcome team. Let me tell you, all of that's great. But if we're truly going to change the world and pave the way for Jesus to walk into Tampa Bay and into your home, it's going to come on the back of sacrifice, not on a comfortable Christianity. So let us be that people and say, God, whatever you want me to lay down, I'll lay it down because I want you to walk in the situation. And that's the life that we're building. That's the church that we're building. We say, God, we take off comfort. And we put on sacrifice. Here's the second one. We're going to take off your cloak of recognition. Oh, man, did you know what degree I had? Did you know how hard I worked? Do you know how smart I am? It's so wonderful. I'm just amazing. I thought, oh, man, where's her? Oh, yeah, I, don't, I never got one of these. It's like, yo, man. I played for junior varsity at a Christian school that everybody made the team. <laughs> Yet you're still walking around with that Letterman jacket. <laughs> it's, it's so dumb, isn't it? Like, it's, it's all about us. It's all about... Yeah, you've all been looking at it the whole time, so might as well... Oh, if you knew how much money I have. I'm not going to tell you, but boy, I'm so wealthy. I'm just, I'm just so fancy, you know. Just, you see my house. You see my car. You see, you see what I have. And it's the one setting. It, by the way, if you're watching this in the future, it's actually cold out today. So this would be the one day someone would come to church with a fur coat, and they're like, oh, this is awkward stuff. So. <laughs> 
And we live in this world where it's all about us. And like, I feel like I'm like, and it's like a rap album or something. Like, I, <laughs> this is gonna go viral for sure. <laughs> Jesus calls this out. He looks at the disciples and looks at the religious leaders. He says, everything they've done is for people to see. Like, it's all about, look at my the attention. Look what I can get. They make their phylacteries wide and their tassels long. Listen, tassels on their garments long. What is the garment he's talking about? He's talking about their outer garments. He's talking about the things they wear. He goes, they do it because they like to bring attention to them. It's look at me. And this is dangerous, church, when we become the focus instead of Jesus becoming the focus. And, and, and I just you have to understand this because, listen to me, if you live by the praises of men, you'll end up dying by their criticisms. So there's a lot of you guys, you just want the attention after attention and go, why doesn't anybody recognize me? You got it all wrong. You're wearing a coat of recognition that's going to end up killing you. And I'm telling you, as someone who loves to achieve and loves to do great things, let me tell you, you have got to find a new definition of what it means for your life to be a success. And I, I wrote it down this way. It might be the most important thing you take away. So you better write it down in your notes. Ready? That my success is not dependent upon my ability to achieve. And if you think if I make this much money, if I have this much in sales, if I get this degree, if I write this book, then I'm a success. You've missed it all. My success has already been determined because of Jesus' ultimate achievement on the cross. Can we hear an amen today, church? So we're not fighting for our achievement. We're leaning into the fact that we serve a Jesus who's already achieved all we need him to achieve. So we lean into him. So what are we going to do for this? We're going to replace and we're going to take off this cloak of recognition, and we're going to take on a cloak of humility. Humility. It's not about us. It's not about our name. It's not about our followers. It's not about our success. It's about Jesus. I'm telling you, this is what Paul, I mean, Peter says in the scriptures. He says, all of you, clothe yourself. Here's what you put on. With what? Humility towards one another. He goes, why? Because God opposes the proud. He wants to step in your situation, but he doesn't. Why? Because we're proud. We think, I can handle it myself. You can't handle it yourself. You can't get it through yourself. You've got to submit yourself to God. He opposes the proud, but you know what he does? He shows favor to the humble. He, 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 he gravitates towards it. Listen, God is not impressed with your ability. He is attracted to your humility. So let us be a church that honestly comes to the Lord and says, without you, God, we're nothing. And we've been asked question after question, especially because there's so many church scandals and church collapses that are happening right now. And, and they're telling us, they're asking us, well, what are we doing as a church that is constantly rapidly growing and expanding. How are we protecting ourselves? And I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'll tell you what we're doing as a church. I had a whole meeting with our staff about it last week. And I said, this is going to be our primary focus. Our goal is not to build the name of Radiant Church. It is not to build the name of Aaron Burke. It is not to build our dream team. Our goal is simply this. 
to build Jesus' kingdom, to make it about Jesus, to make everything we do for him. So let's stop making this about us and make it about him. Can I hear a better amen today, church? And it's crazy what happens when we lay down and we throw off our, our recognition and our desire and to be acknowledged. I gave money and nobody even told me. Nobody even called me. No, I, I served and nobody even thanked me. It's not about us. It's about Jesus. It's about his church. And we take that off and we put on humility and say, God, if nobody recognizes me, as long as you're celebrated, it's all worth it. Number three, and we'll close with this one. You got to take off your, your cloak of yesterday. Because so many of the cloaks that they would wear in the scriptures defined their past. It defined the fact that they were all ripped up and I've been through some stuff. I've struggled. And I've just worn it. And some of you guys have just worn your mistakes year after year after year. Your trauma year after year after year. Reminds me of a guy, blind Bartimaeus in the scriptures. I, I've read this story so many times. Never saw this. As he's laying there on the side of the road crying out to Jesus. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called the blind man and they said, cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. And look what it says that he did when Jesus called him. Again, it's all throughout the scriptures. Throwing his cloak aside. <laughs> he took off that thing that defined him for years and years, if not decades. What was the cloak for a blind man? It was, it, was, it was the fact that he's laying on the street. He's a beggar. It's the thing he's laying on. It's the thing that he's wrapping himself with. It's his whole identity. So many of you, you have made your issue your identity. And Jesus is calling you today saying, come to me. And here's our only proper response when Jesus calls us. To take off our yesterday. And say, I'm not going to hold on to that thing that I've held on to for so long. Here's why. Write it on your notes because you cannot look backwards while trying to move forwards. And you're just keep moving, looking backwards going, but those days and that marriage and those friends and that job. And you're going backwards and God's saying, I'm calling you forward. I'm calling you forward. I, I know what you've been through, but I'm telling you, I know where you can also go. And here's my encouragement for you today, right in your notes. Until you let go of what was, you'll never take hold of what would be. And what God has for your life is so much bigger than what was. So you've got to let go so you can take hold of what would be. What he has prepared. What he has planned for those who love him. It's bigger than you can imagine. But you got to let go of yesterday. you got to forgive that person. And you got to get over that past. And you got to move past. You, you, some of you are, not, are so frustrated and you won't even get planted here because you were so hurt by a previous church in the past. And I get it and it's real. But when are you going to let it go and move forward to what God has for you next? You're like, I just, I'm, I'm so angry about that divorce I went through. And God's got another healthy marriage for you in the future. But you'll never be able to see forward while you're looking backwards the whole time. You're holding a cloak of yesterday. And here's my challenge for you today. We'll end with this. You're going to replace the cloak of yesterday with a cloak of expectancy. 
Come on, that's a word for somebody today. You've got to get some expectancy that, you know what, if God's telling me to let go of it, if God's telling me to lay it down, then I'm not going to be frustrated. Some of you guys, you get so angry when you have to let it go. And here's the verse. I've been praying this verse over so much of our church this last week. Isaiah 61. The oil of joy instead of mourning. Instead of, I'm not going to sit around going, oh, I have to get rid of what it was. No, I'm going to have joy instead of mourning. And look at this. And I'm going to put on a garment of what? Praise for a spirit of heaviness. In other words, I'm going to live in such a way that there's so much praise instead of this heaviness of this past. And the only way to get it is to take it off, throw it down, and let the King of Kings walk into your situation. Can I hear a better amen today, church? Take it off. Take it off. And watch how it'll pave the way for Jesus to walk into your life. One last story we closed. My uh, fourth child is a girl named Elise. She's three years old. She is the cutest little thing. She is like a pretty little prissy princess. She loves makeup and earrings and all those things. And uh, a lady on our staff, her and her, um, uh, they got married last year, a couple on our staff, and uh, she's really close with our family. And so she asked my kids to be in the wedding, and she asked for Elise to be the flower girl in the wedding. So to do that, she had to get this, like, it, it looks like a wedding dress. Like, she had to get this little wedding dress that she would wear. So last November, um, my daughter Elise was in a girl named Shay and her now husband Scott's wedding. So I have a picture of Shay and Elise. You'll see them. They're, 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 they're super cute. Let's throw that picture up there. And uh, when, when they're in this video, look at that. That's a cute little girl right there. So that's Elise. So she got this wedding dress. And I'm telling you, she, since November, this is no exaggeration, seven days a week, at least four of those days, she's wearing that dress right there. It's all the time. Last night, no lie. I mean, my wife is here this morning. She can tell you. Uh, on the way home last night, <clears throat> my daughter Elise in the car said, Daddy, can I wear my wedding dress tomorrow? Won't that look beautiful on me? Of course, dear, of course. So she wears this dress every day. It's, uh, it, it was great. Until she's like two to three days in to this thing. She's a three-year-old. The dress is absolutely disgusting. There's dirt all over it. It smells. There's food for multiple days. So we have this moment, and it happens a couple times a week, where we basically have to beg her. And we say, Elise, please, dear, I know you want to wear it again, but do me a favor. Can you give us the wedding dress? Can we have it for a couple days, 24 hours, 36 at the most? Let us do some laundry. And in a couple days, you'll wake up. And you'll be able to go to that little little closet and you'll be able to open up and that wedding dress will be there but it won't look like it does right now. But the only way to get it is that you have to let go of it and you have to give it to me and let me do something with it. I've got a word for somebody today because you've been holding on to something and it's got dirty, it's got messy, it's all broken. Your father says, give me that dirtiness. Give me that brokenness. Give me that mess. And in your surrender, 
Watch how you give it to him and he makes it all new. He makes it and washes it clean. Come on, let's take a moment. Let's surrender today. Let's give it all to Jesus. What is it in your life that you need to lay down today? Take it off. Come on, let's sing it together. The darkness running out of an empty grave. Now seated alone in glory. Throned on the highest praise. You sent the darkness running out of an empty grave. Now seated alone in glory. Throned on the highest praise. You sent the darkness running out of an empty grave. Now seated alone in glory. Throned on the highest praise. You sent the darkness spirit to deal with your heart right now just close your eyes he's not he's not speaking to you to condemn you he's speaking to you to change you to help you just ask him right now god what's that thing i need to take off what's it, what's that that thing i need to let go of is it comfort is it recognition is it is it this idea it's all about me what is it yesterday is there something we're holding on to just right there in your seat just let it go just give it to the lord say god i lay it down I lay it down. I live a life laid down for you right now. And watch how Jesus will walk into your situation right on top of that thing that you lay down. While the Lord's dealing with your heart, there's one more group I want to speak to today. It's those who do not have a relationship with God. You're in here today, and it's not by accident or coincidence. You're watching this message. It's because God's got a plan for your life. He loves you. He created you. He has a purpose for you. But the problem with it is, is we all have got sin. You've sinned, I've sinned, we've all sinned. And we all sinned and fallen short, and our sin has separated us from God. So what do we do about that? We need a solution for our sin. We're not the solution. There's not enough good things we can do to be the solution. So God sent his solution. That is what happened 2,000 years ago. He sent a solution named Jesus to come to the earth, lived a sinless life, died a horrific death, but he didn't stay dead. He rose again three days later, showing us that we can be victorious over death, hell, and the grave. And you can have freedom today. Now the ball is in your court. It's your time. It's your opportunity to say, today's my day. I give it to Jesus. Give my life. I give my past. I give my sin. I give my issues. This is the most important decision you'll ever make in your life. And that's you. On the count of three, I want you to respond. We're not going to shame you, but right there in your seat, I want you on the count of three to throw the hand up and say, today's my day. I'm giving my life to Christ. And watch how God will meet you right there in this moment of surrender. One, most important decision of your life. Two, be bold. Ready? Three, throw that hand up. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Dozens of hands. 
I know they're at all of our locations. Thank you. Thank you online. Throw that hand up. Put it right back down. Why don't we all pray this prayer? And I, don't just say it with your mouth. Say it with your heart. Say, dear Jesus. Come on, say it loud. Dear Jesus, today I give you my life. Forgive my past, my present, and my future. Thank you for dying for me. I make a decision that I'm going to follow you for the rest of my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that believes it says, come on, let's celebrate those who just made the best decision ever. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.